I'm Kate Katz, owner and founder of All Hands In, a soft skills development company, and welcome to The Practiced Art of Kicking Ass. morning my beautiful friend good morning i am so glad that you were joining me today in this episode of the practice art of kicking ass thank you so much thank you for having me for those who may not know who my guest is today i am joined by terry jude davis terry was raised in manhattan by a single mom and is a two-time emmy nominated producer and director at a very young age television became her obsession eventually bringing her to Los Angeles to produce daytime talk, home design, celebrity, and style programming for NBC, ABC, MTV, Lifetime, Sony, CBS, Style, and E! Entertainment. Terry Jude has created corporate brand entertainment for digital platforms DECA and Tastemade.com with brands including Disney, ABC, Amazon, Mars, Quaker Oats, and independent campaigns for Bull Outdoor Products, Restaurants, Alternative Medicine Practitioners, Entrepreneurs, and Hosts. She has produced live celebrity concerts for Renee Elzondo Foundation, St. Jude's Children's Hospital, and Agape International Spiritual Center. Terry Jude's mission is to create entertaining and compelling network series and digital content for individuals and corporate brands to empower women in multicultural causes. In short, how I would sum up Terry's bio is that she is the personification of kicking ass. And I am so grateful that she is joining me today. Terry, good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So Terry, what is the story that you have brought with us today? Um, Actually, the story that I brought is uh, the combination of two stories because the same thing happened in both situations. Interesting. Uh, the first story, I guess I should probably go, um, let me go backwards. The first time that this happened, um, mm-hmm. my story is about, I think, not I think, I know what most of us are going through right now is that we're simultaneously writing our next chapter as we are navigating the one we're already in. Oh my God, yes, say more about that, um, right? (laughs) So for me, that means, you know, working many, many years, um, not being able to get up the ladder and finally finding my way um, in a, the universe took me in a weird direction that I thought was a weird direction, but it was perfect. And um, I started to, and this has only been in the last three years, I started to get traction and moving up the ladder. Mm -hmm. And I got a promotion to executive producer level, which has been my dream since I was a kid for New Network. And it was a startup. It was the digital arm of the network, which was perfect because I had, you know, started doing digital at the same time. And I was super excited. And (laughs) as we do these things, I'm super excited. And then the reality sets in. I know that um, in my in my bio, you talk about Agape International Center and its leader, Reverend Michael, who is a brilliant man, who's part of the secret, always says, you get super excited when you get a break. And then the next moment is, yay, I got this break. Oh, 
<laughs> I got this break. Right. It's like, am I going to deliver? So my first day, which I, I, I'll, I'm getting ahead of myself. My first day where it was because I had many layers. It was the, the company that hired me. And then the network, I had a one-on-one with the network executive that was going to be my direct boss. And then the day came where the whole, the executives that were running this new network were all going to be on a call. And to this day, I'm so thankful that it was a Zoom. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, so I'm, you know, preparing. I'm every angle I could think of what they would ask me. I had just, I'm, I overprepared just so I could feel that confidence and I grounded myself and all of these things, meditation. And I mean, I was just ready for it for battle. But <laughs> telling you what, when mm-hmm. that moment came, the squares started popping up and they kept popping up and it was like nine people looking at oh, me. Wow. I, was I, I'm glad that I learned from my mother because she she was an advertising executive and just that moment of like you're on the train you know it's like now it's like no time for panic you're already on the train so you Such just have to do the ride. that's right that's <laughs> you right. know just do the ride so um I just took a deep breath and I you know I it was kind of a blur in the beginning but I think at one point and I have said this so many times, there's two phrases in the business that make me crazy. You should have thick skin and tell me about yourself. <laughs> so <laughs> why do both of two. those make you crazy? <laughs> well, you should have a thick skin is BS. I call BS on that because don't tell me that my worth is based on me being able to take your abuse. Thank you. That's I'm nodding, I'm nodding in agreement right now because we're yeah. not going to watch this, yeah. but yes. That, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That is like the basis of it's ridiculous, um, but it defines a lot of the industry. Um, and the other one that tell me about yourself is just such a, you're already in this moment mm-hmm. and how it translates where I was at at that moment was tell us why you deserve this position. Yeah. Yeah. So I immediately went into this like, my first emotion was um, defensive in a sense, like that split second where you feel like, well, it's about damn time I have this. <laughs> I mean, you want to like start going into that. But what did it for me is that in that moment, having the background that I have in marketing, I realized that the network that was being started, I was the audience. I was a different age group of the audience, but I was the audience. Mm-hmm. So it was like the universe kicked in and it was like, you know yourself, you know what you love to um, learn about, you know what inspires you, you know what makes you laugh. And I just went into me being a little kid and being influenced all those years by television and all the things that I loved and what is missing for me as a Black female in the industry Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what is missing for me as a Black female in the world visually on TV in this type of programming. Mm -hmm. And I I remember, I remember it was like I was in a zone where it was, I was really reliving all of those things. And when I was done, it will always make me giggle because one of, and and just to backtrack, I am the only, uh, other than my direct boss at the network, I was the only woman of color on the call. And it was Mm -hmm. like probably two men and the rest were women. And I was the only, me and my direct boss were the only women of color. And when it was over, when I finished saying what I had to say, don't know how long I did it. I don't remember. 
But I remember one of the male executives saying, well, that was a very authentic share. Thank you for that. But I remember thinking, yeah, it was. Because yeah. I've spent a lot of my career being this chameleon of what do I have to tone down? What do I have to um, not say? What battles do I not even go for? Yeah. And at this age, I was like, no, you need to know who I am because I'm here because I'm supposed to be. I worked hard for it, but I also know what I'm doing. And after years of being in the industry that tell me that I don't belong in the room and that I don't know what I'm doing, I'm calling BS and I'm going yeah. to be present in this knowing that I am worthy of it and that I should be in the room. Mm -hmm. So that and my second story, which is a, is, is a really quick one because it's kind of a, it's a little bit different because the, I felt intimidated before I even talked to the person. I have a friend oh who, God, a very how good often friend. do we end up in that position, right? That's <laughs> where how we have already done the storyline. And by the time you meet the person, you're not even in your body. You're just yeah. like, you're already in this, this tale that you've told yourself. Yeah. And um, one of my dear friends referred me to a university professor that she is in a women's group with. And she said, um, you should really go to her for branding, specifically getting all of your ideas into a website. And so I love design. I love graphic design. And I love, you know, doing presentations and things like that. Websites can be, because it's a lot of work. Yes. It's like, I know the parts of it I love. And I know the parts of it that are, you know, really tough. And one of the parts that are really tough when I'm doing it for someone and they're not giving me content is creating the content. Well, I, I am like a nervous wreck. I'm going to meet this, this university professor who I have now read her bio. And she's one of those university professors that has like nine degrees, you know, right. and all of these great ideas and involved in the community. And I'm just, I have worked myself into such a weird space because college, I've always said, if I could have been as disciplined as I am now to write and to sit and do things, you know, and, and run my, my business. And <laughs> if I had this, when I was in college, I would have been a phenomenal student, right. but college was so many things to me and the academics. I just wanted to get out and go do what I, this, what I do. I just wanted to get out and go do what I, what I did and uh, what I do. And so it brought up all those insecurities of me at university. So by the time I got her on the phone, <laughs> it was like, and it started out as a Zoom, but tech, technology wasn't having it. And we ended up having a phone call. When it started, I was so, I, I didn't know, I didn't even know how to act at first because in my head, it's a universe, a major university professor. Yeah. I just didn't even know how to act at first. And I was like, just calm down just calm down. You've been referred by somebody amazing and you need to just calm down. And the, the comical part of it is that we were supposed to Zoom, but something happened in our building where everything shut down and I couldn't Zoom with her. And I was frantically trying to call her. It just turned into this craziness before the meeting. So finally we get on the phone and she was lovely. Both of us shared stories about where we were at in our lives and what we were trying to do in the community and how we were doing it. And I just remember telling her that that you, what university was for me and how much, you know, I, because my granddad was a uh, chemistry professor and how much I admire professors and what they're doing and something I cannot do, have not wanted to do, but it would, it just turned out to be a very beautiful, mutually respectful 
meeting. And I felt really, you know, honored to get to work with her. I feel very honored because I'm working with her now to, mm. to work with her, but she felt the same way about me, which was weird to me because it's like, what am I doing in the world? You know, it's like, I'm doing my own thing and trying to, and, and doing everything I can to heal through my art. But sometimes I get into that space where this isn't as important as what someone else is doing, which I, I still work on. I work on it. That's a practice for me. That's a practice. Mm -hmm. So for me, both situations ended, not ended, but both of those moments ended well because I stepped out of my own way and didn't commit to the fear or the intimidation, but it was like, I'm on the train. It's like, what am I going to do? Run off of it? Try to get off of it? It's like, I've been working so hard for breakthroughs to happen in my career. And they're coming in very different ways. I don't necessarily understand the journey that I'm that I'm on right now in terms of uh, being a goal-oriented person. It's sort of all over the place. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's common is that I'm doing the things that I like, that I haven't had to really take on anything that, okay, well, it's a check. And I haven't had to do that lately. Right. And for a long time, that was that was it. It was like, okay, I'll do that show. I'll work with this person. I'll do that. And went through some horrible stuff. So mm-hmm. now to be gifted an opportunity to work with clients that I really admire and that I like, and that I went into it with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of intimidation, a little bit of anxiety. But in the end, when I really just allowed myself to be authentic, it it has worked itself out. You know, it's funny, Terry, because there are a couple of things that are coming up for me as I listen to you. And I think <laughs> the soft skill of authenticity is like ringing a bell right now, right? Like that's a superpower for you. And that can be really scary because authenticity requires so much vulnerability. And I know for me, I have a very um, love-hate relationship with vulnerability, which is (laughs) when I'm called to practice it, it feels fucking horrible. Like vulnerability feels the fucking worst until you do it and you're met with belonging, right? Like until you do vulnerability and you're met with belonging, it doesn't, it feels horrible. And then once you are met with belonging, it's the greatest thing in the world. Everybody should be vulnerable. Yeah. Why aren't you being vulnerable, yeah. right? But it's yeah. this thing of like walking right up to the edge of the cliff yeah. and feeling like you have to take that step. Yeah. And if it's not met with support, there's like no ground for yeah. you. Like the support is yeah. empathy, connection, belonging, right? Yeah. And I love yeah. that in your life, when you have had the courage to step into authenticity in these particular moments, right? Right. The universe has supported you. And then the other thing that has come up for me in listening to you is that it's not just authenticity, but it's storytelling, right? It's the soft skill of storytelling. And that I feel like that is one of your superpowers that connects you to your authenticity. When you're talking the story, when you, you know, when you were telling the story about being in front of all of the big wigs in that board meeting and you shared your authentic story and it was met with, wow, that was such an authentic story. That must have felt right. so validating for you. Right. It it was it was weird because my my knee-jerk reaction was just being sarcastic. Mm. But then I realized because I'm used to I'm used to um negative stuff in the industry. So yes. my my normal would have been him saying something nasty. Right. And he wasn't. He was being sincere and 
it really made me feel like I told them about myself in a much different way than, well, I've worked in this this long, which the, it kind of started out like that because that's mm-hmm. what they're asking you. How long mm-hmm. have you been doing this? What is your experience? But I, but I realized that I naturally just went into why I should be in the room. Yeah. And I feel like, but what you said about vulnerability is so true. We have, you and I both have a mutual mm-hmm. friend who said in one of your workshops, which has, I say it to myself all the time, is that she wants her authentic self to not be used against her. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it has stayed with me and stayed with me because she's right. My my knowing, my normal throughout my career is people having a preconceived notion of my my relaxed stance or my, my I'm a very laid back person because mm-hmm. That's who I am, mm-hmm. but I'm very serious about what I do, and I love what I do, and I'm com- I'm very passionate about it, and I'm very grateful that I am still at it. There's so many people I started out with that have long given it up or done something else um, or passed on. So that's who I am. But unfortunately, a lot of people have uh, seen that as weakness and yes. have pushed and used that trait and my my sense of loyalty of being very protective of people that I care about I respect the people that I work with while I I understand titles and things like that I also understand that your team is what's going to make you thrive you know and you have to give them a platform to be able to do that to be able to have ownership of the things they're contributing and most of the the projects I've been on my contribution was either ignored or, you know, my favorite was one executive who used to let us pitch around the table and then she'd reword it as if she thought of it. That was the best. You know know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. I I really agree with what you're saying about vulnerability being met with uh, belonging. My time with, and I will say the name of this company because I love them so deeply. (laughs) My company, yeah, my time with Tastemade. Shout out to Tastemade, by the way, Terry. Terry, every five big, minutes. Every five minutes, shout out to Tastemade. <laughs> because it was the first time the executive that found me, found me from my my work. She saw my work first. She didn't know me. And she took a chance on me. And it was just the most amazing experience because they appreciated my contribution. But even more so, they trusted it and they acknowledged it always. There are people that I will be friends with forever from most of them, actually, from the company. They allowed me to excel. They kept giving me bigger clients and let me do my thing and listen to me. And it it was just, it, it had been such an enormous life-changing moment for me because I had never had that in my career. I had it like when I first started out in TV and was on an amazing project. But then right after that, I was, it was just nothing but negative situations, negative abusive situations. And, you know, going through them, you know, they're over, then you've got to recover and then you're back in it, trying to get another, hoping that this one will be different, which, you know, until I worked with them, it hadn't been different. It had just been a lot of you know, survival mode. And so for me, vulnerability and authenticity with them was a pleasure because they met me with theirs. It it was just, it's just a very collaborative, supportive, respectful place. And I had not, you know, that's what I always want to run as a company, but I had not experienced it where everyone was cool. 
I just had never, yeah. you know, experienced that. And um, it really, it just changed my life. It really, it wasn't just about changing my professional perspective, but it changed my life. It changed how I felt about myself. It made me more comfortable to go up for things. And yeah, it just, it just, there's something about someone not uh, doing the usual and customary when you're used to being abused or ignored or whatever, when you, you know, it's almost like that knee jerk reaction of doing something and then kind of waiting for the, you know, waiting yeah. for the emotional hit to happen. And it doesn't, you know, and it, it really did take me a good three weeks to a month to really believe that they were real. Like I would get off of meetings with my boss and be like, did that just happen? Did I just laugh through the whole meeting? Did I just, mm -hmm. you know, get credit for what I was bringing to the table? It took right. me, a, it took me a while to get used to it, but I will say this once I did get accustomed to it, it shifted my whole perspective about what I want to do from now on. Mm. I don't, you know, I'm not. And it's tough because we need to make a living and we need to make money. But in my head, I'm like, if I am knowingly walking towards something that's going to hurt me, that people are going to cause issue with me, I can't do it anymore. You know, I, I really can't do it anymore. You know, I think it's interesting because we both work in, in a field, right? We're both in, in entertainment and the whole premise, and you know, this is part of what's connected to what's happening in our entertainment industry right now with the strikes that are going on, strikes plural at this point exactly. that are going on, Yeah, where our industry in its foundation is built on storytelling. Our mm -hmm. entire, the entire purpose of what we do exactly. is about telling story stories. And I think that's really interesting listening to you today share your stories because it's a reminder once again, Terry, and I am very grateful to you for this. In telling our stories, it is such a vulnerable share, right? Yes. And yes. when our community, right, is healthy and holistic, we meet each other's stories right. with right. belonging, right? Right. We meet each other's stories with compassion. We need each other's stories with understanding. And right. it's really interesting because I think for so many of us who work in the industry, that is not the case for so many of us. Yeah, storytelling in our industry that is founded in storytelling, right? because of the toxicity of the culture, yeah. storytelling <clears throat> can often feel like such a liability. Yes. yes. And what I love about your story is I mean, I love so many things about your story, but one of the things that I really love is when you have kind of, when you honed in on your superpowers, right? When you honed in on authenticity and storytelling and you have practiced the courage to be vulnerable and to hold space in those two arenas, which are tough arenas. I step into them yeah. regularly and I have to arm <laughs> yeah. myself to the hilt, right? When I'm with no, like love no, and compassion, absolutely. but it's still like grabbing the loving compassion <laughs> shield, <laughs> grabbing the love and compassion sword. It's true. And it's true. When you when you have stepped into that arena, right? When you have recognized that these are your superpowers, number one, I think first and foremost, it's clarified your community. Your people yeah. have come to the yeah. forefront, right? And yeah. it really has distinguished 
those who either don't care to hold space for you or don't know how to hold space for you or don't want to hold space for you, you've been able to recognize you're not my people. We don't need to work together, right? Or if we're going to work together, these are the boundaries of this shitty working relationship, right? But then the people people who do hold space for you, that's become your community. This has become your chosen family. These are the people that when you're creating opportunity, these are the first people on your list, yeah, right? And exactly. I think that exactly. we are functioning in a in a community with our chosen family where more of us are finding each other. And that leaves me incredibly yeah. hopeful, but we can't get there mm-hmm. without the risk of vulnerability and yeah. without recognizing people of holding our stories. Right. And I love that that's the, I love that that's your journey. I love that that is where you are in your journey and that those are the superpowers that you are bringing to the table. But I but I also know that one of my bigger um, vulnerability is that, like you mentioned, our industry is filled with toxicity. Yes. And there's only so much control I do have over who I get to work with. And, right. um, you know, for, even- For right the, now, for, yeah. for today, for today. For today, for today. But as, you know, being an executive, it- you know, the way I do leadership and the way that I work with people, not everybody's down with, you know, because I'm very, I'm very much about respect across the board and Mm -hmm. hearing, you know, voices in the team. And, and a lot of people are about title means uh, tyranny. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, this is going to go, you know, this is what it, it better look like. I mean, it's, it's a very, delicate you know it's a very delicate balance and um and so I'm constantly doing the inner work to understand that yes this is is the way that I lead but who knows who my network exec my next network exec will be because ultimately ultimately that project that I was so happy that I got through that first meeting they you know it ended up not coming to fruition they changed their mind things change and things like that and I also realized that the executive that I thought really was supportive of me really didn't want me there and that mm. was a huge disappointment and yet now that I'm gone away from it, I realized that was the universe stepping in and saying, that's not the lesson that you were supposed to get here. Right. The lesson was that meeting. The lesson was that even when things completely tur- turned around with what you were developing, you were still in it. You still found a way. You still found the resources. You still made everything you were supposed to make happen. I left that project knowing that I did absolutely everything I could with what I was given. And there needed to be somebody else with that other expertise to take my place. It wasn't because I failed and I didn't, you know, show up. And that, that's such that a powerful lesson. Yeah, such a powerful that, that was lesson. huge for me because it I, and and it's been a while. And and I think in the last maybe in the last year because the last year has been so difficult that I've had time to really look at that from all different angles and really forgive myself because I did my part. I left there having done my having done my part. But um, it's, you know, it's interesting because when you say um, chosen family, my chosen family now, I have waited my whole life to have a circle that I have now. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of gut wrenching. When you talk about authentic, to really admit to myself, the people that were in my life that were so incredibly toxic, that did not want any good for me, that only wanted me to help them get what they needed. 
and to face that because sometimes it's people that you are devastated oh yeah to really get who is not your people it it is very devastating and I went through three years of just one after the other you know back to back to back and it's like are we really are we serious right now but the reality is now you know, I remember, and it's the same, it's parallel to my professional life. I remember being on projects where you sit in the parking lot and you're tearing up because you just don't want to go inside. I remember going out with certain circles of people that were so toxic that I would come home and just be devastated, like depressed. And I'm like, why did I just spend all that money on parking, gas, the event or the dinner or whatever to be treated so poorly. Yes. And then then now whenever all you know all of us get together it's like oh my god this is the my my happy place. Yeah. But it took a lot of years of just being honest with myself that it it only works if it's your people. It only works if it's somebody that wants good for you. And for the longest time my attitude was very much from a childhood of being bullied and abused was this idea of, I would be so lucky to have a friend. Instead of thinking in my head, I'm bringing something to the table, which is unconditional love, compassion, empathy. Your authenticity is valuable enough. That's right. Your authenticity is your value. That's it. Exactly. And if if you have to constantly feel like you need to define or defend why you're worthy in a in a relationship then it's not for you mm-hmm. because that to me that's a soul connection with people that that you recognize that in each other to me that's what namaste means that i'm i'm able to see that light in you sometimes even if you don't see it and that's a little fine line too because i'm not here to make you see something right but if we connect from that place we can grow together and we can enjoy each other and we can support each other. I think that being in an industry that is so competitive and that I think I think the good thing, it, social media is a love-hate kind of thing because I think the good thing about it is it's brought a lot of light to a lot of things people didn't know what was going on. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of backstories to stuff where I was like, are you kidding me? That's really what happened. You know, that it's bringing light to a lot of stuff that was hidden because, like you said, our whole industry is storytelling, but that also is the story of uh, illusion. You know, this is the shiny object and it's all all pretty. It's the business of the show. It's the business of the show. That's right. Yeah. And there are people, and that's why I, I, my heart is full every time there is a celebrity or there is someone who is willing to talk about their journey being difficult or the the emotional toll that it's taken or admitting to something that has been a challenge for them because that's the biggest part of story to me is that you're you're allowing someone to know they are not alone the darkest hours of my life have been thinking i was the only person yeah. going through so much pain and storytelling is when I can hear someone say they went through it is like, especially someone that I, that I truly admire saying it and sharing that it's like, oh my God, this person is at this point in their life and they went through something like I did. That's, you know, that is so much, that's the most 
encouraging thing is to admit to your truth and your authenticity and know that it might be used against you, but you do it anyway. Because you're, because you're, yeah, you do it anyway, because your purpose is to be whole, you know, your purpose is to be, walk in the world as an example. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, I was just thinking before, you know, before I was going to do this with you, that I grew up, even though I don't want to reveal my age, but I grew up in the 60s and my mom was doing phenomenal things in the 60s and I just think to myself how intense that era was yeah and we have our we're there we're there you know we're there yeah um the the ways in which things are going backwards the ways in which um it's the hate is okay everything that was being fought against we're in it now and we're you know is this this old familiar feeling I used to get in my in my chest when I go to school and have to like and know that I was facing bullies you know yeah. that I just had like gotta do it it's gonna be over soon you gotta you gotta do it and the reality is is that it uh, I when people would say about bullying with kids it's okay it's gonna be over soon yeah. Well, I grew up and started working in an industry that there was nothing but bullies that I had that were horrible, you know, and, and for me, it's not telling people that it's going to be over. It's telling people how to navigate things and discern people and understand that it's not them to understand right. that, you know, because it's not okay. It's never going to be okay. But when you start to realize you're the, you're not the only one that is being treated that way by that person, it takes the onus off of you because there's so many people that I've worked with and so many people that have been in my world that were very abusive. But I realized that I wasn't the only one. You know, everyone that came across their path was dealing with their their wrath, was dealing with their way, it was dealing with their expression of who they who they wanted people to see. They didn't want anybody to see what was behind all of that. They just needed the person to see, don't mess with me, you know, and I'm gonna let you know what's wrong with you. You know, if I was you, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And um and it's hard. It's hard, especially when you're when you're receiving it and you're in pain and you think this person has all of this power. And I had one moment in childhood where this girl just kept messing with me in the lunchroom, kept messing with me in the lunchroom. And one day she was in my face and all these kids were behind her and she was taunting me and taunting me. And I remember something in me clicked. And with everything I had in my body, I shoved her down to the floor. And I remember her looking at me with this total, like, what do I do with this? Right. And I've never forgotten it. And yeah. I've never forgotten it happening, but it took me a lot of years to understand what that moment was. You know, it's it's finding that finding that thing in you because I didn't do that thinking there would be a positive reaction to me right. standing up to her because that had you know I had never stood up to any of them, mm -hmm. but it was me standing there saying, "I'm not taking this anymore." It was, it, it was me. It was me dealing with me in that moment. I didn't care what happened to her. Yeah. I just needed to stop it, you know, yeah. and that, and that is a very, it's, it's intense 
to, to do. It's intense to, you know, because my thing has always been, I don't want to turn into this cold, closed person because of what has happened to me in the past. I want to be able to use that to heal others so they can navigate what they might be going through to build in me this groundedness that all of that happened, but I can't let it diminish me because yeah. that means that all of these people who do it to everyone have taken me down and I have a purpose on the planet. And if I allow them to take me down, it's not going to happen. And I, and I, I really don't want to leave the planet having not, you know, accomplished something that gives back and something that heals and something that, um, prevent someone from not fulfilling their, you know, as my mentor used to say, Dharma, you know, that I I really, you know, I really need to keep myself together and keep, you know, keep strong and keep grounded because they're out there, you know, and for me, the more I can do a preventative walk in my journey to be very discerning and to say, not six months from now, but today, something about you doesn't feel right. Something about the way you make me feel doesn't feel right. So if we have to work together, I'm going to make some real serious boundaries right away, mm-hmm. my own mind and stick to them. Mm-hmm. And if we're not working together and this is an optional relationship, I got to let you go. You know, that's whether right. that's romance or friendship or colleagues or whatever, I, I have to be honest with what I am seeing and feel because undoing it, is too much work for me. It's just, it's too, it hurts. You know, it's too much. It's so interesting as you're speaking, you know, your superpower of authenticity and connected to storytelling. I feel like when we are honoring our authenticity, the world gives us a lot of information, right? And the world makes it really clear, like where our people are, where we belong, right? where we're trying to fit in and have belonging and where we're never going to have that right like where these system where these systems are that don't really give a shit about any of our humanities that don't really want us to be authentic right they never want us to have like and your choice throughout your life which by the way i also feel like you've learned like five lifetimes of dharma karmic lessons <laughs> in the lesson of just honoring yeah. your authenticity like right off the bat oh, i feel God. like that is such a karmic adjustment of being like yeah. this is my lane i don't need yeah. i don't i don't need to try to fit into another lane yeah. i i am yeah. i love yeah. this lane right like yeah exactly and you know when when we have clarity on our authenticity and we're moving through the world that way the stories that the world presents to us as we're navigating our way, right? And the stories that come out of our authentic moments, when we are sharing those with other people, we're exactly, which is exactly what you were talking about, Terry. Like those are the stories that let other people know, oh my God, I'm not alone in this moment. Yeah. Oh my God, I feel seen and heard because of this, because I know, I know that this is someone else's story too, right? And we, we don't really get that from inauthentic stories. We don't really right, get that. Right. We can feel the difference when we're being yeah. sold a story yeah. that really does not have a foundation of authenticity. Exactly. It resonates yeah. so differently with us. Yeah. And I love yeah, yeah. I love that these are the pieces that you're putting together. I love that 
these are the superpower. Like every every time I I talk to a guest on this podcast, I feel like there's a quilt that's being built of all of these soft <laughs> skills. And yeah. right, you know, yeah. like right now, all of my guests are predominantly women, so it's speaking a lot to the like the divine feminine in me, and I and I love right, that. Right. But I'm also looking forward to the day right. when my my guest group gets a little more diversified. But like, I love that these are the superpowers that you are putting into this quilt. And I, I just feel so honored to have held space with you today, Terry. And I feel so honored that you you. shared your stories with me. Like, thank you so much. And I I just love your beautiful, authentic heart. And I'm so grateful that you are in my life. (laughs) And I am so grateful that these are the stories that I get to hear. Really. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love (laughs) you, my friend. Love you very much. All right. Well, we will talk more soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, hey, kickassers. This episode with Terry just warmed my heart so much. And there are so many wonderful things that I love about Terry. And I, I hope I hope that when you are listening to this episode, you got to hear and feel a few of those things. If you're curious to learn a little bit more about Terry and the work that she does, check out the show notes to this episode. There are links that are included and ways that you can follow up on her work, follow her on social media, and connect with her. Once again, Kickassers, I love this episode because it talks so powerfully about the importance of authenticity and the importance of storytelling. And when we have the courage to share our authentic stories, it can shift so much about how we show up in the world and also how the world shows up for us. And I really love that Terry spoke to that on today's episode. So if you've been listening, this is also a really great time for me to tell you that I would love to hear what you're hearing. I would love to hear what's coming up for you in this podcast as you listen to episodes. And if you're feeling really helpful, I would say wherever you're listening to us, write a review like all the stars, do all the things, and just let us know what it is you appreciate about the practiced art of kicking ass. And until next time, just remember, it's a practice, not a perfect. And if you're showing up each day and doing your best, that is kicking ass. All right, kickassers, you got this. You've been listening to The Practiced Art of Kicking Ass. I'm your host, Kate Katz. Our theme music is Let Me Groove by Music Unlimited. And if you're curious to learn more about the soft skill training and education I do with my company, All Hands In, check out our website at allhandsinworkshops.com or connect with our online communities on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look for All Hands In. Remember, kickassers, kicking ass is a practice, not a perfect. You got this, kickassers. assers